You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show, presented by Cedar Sinai. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. The secret sauce. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I will jump through the radio to come into your house and help you right now. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. I'm joined now by an innovator representing the company Headblade and the great Todd Green's innovation. We're joined now by Brandon Finn. Brandon, thanks so much for waking up early to be with us. Hey, good morning, Dr. Clapper. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. What a crazy idea to talk about bowling and bongo playing. What do you think of that? I mean, I think it's great. Anywhere you can find, like, cross-sectionalities of design, of art, uh, of passion, um, I think it's beautiful. I think it's wonderful. When I first met Todd Green, the man who started Headblade, and you're carrying on the legacy, he told me about his inspiration for coming up with a better way to shave your head. Rebecca, I want you to play for Brandon, number nine from Dick Weber. Your bowling ball will have a major effect on your ability to control the ball's motion as it travels down the lane. Basically, there are two types of grip, the conventional and the fingertip. The conventional grip is best if you're a beginner or a recreational bowler. With the conventional grip, the ball is drilled so the middle finger and ring finger are placed into the holes up to the second joint. The thumb is placed all the way into the thumb hole. The fingertip grip is for more experienced bowlers. This is the grip that allows you to generate more ball rotation at the release and create hook. The ring and middle fingers are inserted in the holes up to the first joint. The thumb goes fully into the thumb hole. This is as if Todd Green was here right now telling us why you should use a head blade to shave your head and not a conventional razor, right? Yeah, uh, no, it very much is. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Before we go any further, Brandon, tell us, where did you grow up? What did your dad do for a living? And how did this wacky journey of yours in life lead to Headblade? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm actually uh, born and raised Santa Monica. Um, I am a third generation uh, Angelino. My, my, both my parents are from Los Angeles and my dad's father, I think both my, my dad's, yeah, my dad's father is from Los Angeles. Uh, so wow. I grew up on a 20th and Ocean Park right next to SMC. Uh, still have the same, same house. My parents still have the same house, which is, uh, wow. phenomenal. Get to, get to go home and relive some childhood memories. So most of my professional career has been about, um, finding what people are passionate about, uh, what drives people to go outside of their normal day, their normal life, uh, and seek out um, like something greater, something bigger themselves. I started in uh, TV and film. I, I went to a school called the New School in New York City, uh, got my degree in, in, uh, in filmmaking, and then I started doing live events um, because there's something about the crowd, there's something about people, watching people's faces as you, you open those doors, you know, as you see the artist's performance, you see this interconnectivity between People who want to be there, people who want to experience something outside of their normal lives and watching it happen live. And the more that kind of continued for me, I started to really notice a shift within brands, specifically brands that people are really passionate about. Um, you know, when you're interacting with an object, an item, like it could be a pair of shoes, it could be a T-shirt, it doesn't matter what it is. If you are into that and it's taking you outside of your normal life, it's letting you live your life better, I'm interested in it, and I think it's great. Um, and, and Headblade was very – go ahead, I'm sorry. And how did you get to Headblade? 
So Headblade was, was very much one of those things where uh, I, I started to look for kind of what, what to do next, uh, especially with, to be frank, uh, as we're in our, our lockdown mode here, events have started to, to dwindle quite a bit. Uh, it made me really rethink that I want to get involved with a brand that's fan base is very passionate, uh, has changed their lives, um, and they can interact with the product in a way that furthers who they are. And Headblade is absolutely one of those things. And an old boss once said to me, and I try to live my life by this motto a lot, that everything you do should be treated with intentionality. So Headblade is made intentionally with the purpose uh, to shave your head. You know, it's not a a stick and a razor, and then you're, you're using that just for your head. Every single thing, every ergonomic factor about the blade is made for that. It's intentional. It has purpose. It has value. How long have you been with Headblade? Uh, I'm at the end of my first month right now. So, uh, <laughs> just, All right. Just started, Not very but, uh, long. Not very long, but very excited to, uh, to really carry on Todd's legacy um, and, get, and get more people interested in this brand and get more people excited about the products we have. So you've launched a new line that goes beyond just men, but actually gears to women. So, Rebecca, let's play number 10 from Dick Weber, Layla Wagner. I use a relaxed fingertip. Uh, the difference between a relaxed fingertip and a full fingertip is in a full fingertip grip, you're completely um, maximizing your hand potential. The relaxed fingertip, your hand is just like it says, relaxed in the bowling ball. This way you have more control, and I find it more beneficial for a player with a very small hand or for a woman. So teach us. The most neglected person in the razor business has been women. They're not shaving their head, but they're shaving contours that are difficult, their legs. The number of bleeding episodes that must occur when you try to use a conventional razor. This is something Todd Green talked about a lot. Tell us a little bit about your attention to the female head blade user. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, the brand is called Aveline. It is made, it, it was made on the same principles that Headblade was. Um, so, you know, it has six hinges. Um, the cartridge actually has a button release, which is fantastic. So when you drop it, uh, which we all do all the time, uh, the, the blade does not come out of it. But more importantly, most importantly, it is designed for women to have more control over all of the areas of it that they want to, to go to. Um, especially like, I, I get this a lot from uh, when I, when I talk to women behind the leg is a really, really hard one to, to get to. So it has six hinges um, and it can naturally get around every, every different area. It's made to sit in your hand. It's made with intentionality when it was designed. It's made to give you control over, over, your, over your body and your experience with your body. I'm listening to you obviously throughout uh, your show and you're talking about uh, the, the, the kind of the experience between the fingers and the head. And it really reminds me of just, we experience so much sensory through our world, through our hands and our fingers. And when you design something intentionally to fit in, in your fingers, really maximizes that experience and that control that you have over, over what, what you're doing. Teach us, you know, how the weekend war is. How can they get a hold of a head blade? How could they learn about it? Is there a website? How do they order it? Tell us a little bit about the company. Sure. So we do have, uh, we have our website, uh, www.headblade.com. Uh, you can order there. You can sign up for Shave Plan. 
Uh, you can subscribe and save. Uh, you can get your razors in the mail delivered just, you know, every 30 days. And Aveline has the same, AvelineRazor.com. And we also have, you know, our Instagram, Headblade, at Headblade and at Aveline Razor. We encourage everyone to subscribe and save. It's going to save everyone a lot of money in the long run. Uh, you don't have to think about every time you need blade refills, every time you need a scrub or shave cream refills. And a lot of the products that we offer right now that, that are getting just as much attention are Head Slick. Is, I use it for my, like, regular on my face all the time, too. Um, and for Aveline, we have body scrub, we have a shave cream, and we have a lotion. And it's supposed to be like a three-step process uh, that goes along with the blade. So, yeah, you can visit us on our website, AvelineRazor.com, HeadBlade.com, go to our social accounts on Instagram. My favorite part, Brandon, is the shaving cream that you guys make because when I use traditional shaving cream on my head, it's not as great as the whatever the concoction is that you guys have come up with. That is certainly my favorite. So keep them coming. Keep doing what you're yeah. doing. And give my best to everybody at the company to carry on Todd Green's legacy really means a lot to me because he was the visionary behind it. And I really appreciate you getting up early to be with us today. Thanks so much, Brandon. No, it's perfect. Thank you for having me, Dr. Clapper. And that's okay. the head flick. Yes. The head, well, whatever you call that shaving cream that we use yep. that you guys make, that is the head slick. Great. Love it. Thanks Wonderful. again for, thank, for thank joining us. Thanks for being man. a loyal, a loyal uh, head blader for us. Okay. No problem, Brandon. All right. Warriors coming up next. Well, last Sunday, I had a surfboard collide with my shaved head, and I pretty much had a concussion in the ocean, and I'm going to tell you all about it. Coming up next, the number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors Show here on 710 ESPN. You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show, presented by Cedar sinai What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I'm still quelling. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Tito Puente. What a band. The bongos in the background. Being played by Dandy Rodriguez. That's Tito Puente's cha-cha-cha. Love it. Adoption of the bongo from Cuba by the Puerto Rican community for their salsa music. And nobody did it better. Who was the innovator? That guy, Tito Puente. Love it. Well, you know I love to surf. Last Sunday could have been my last day surfing, but I did it again <laughs> this week, so don't worry. But I just want to take you through it because it's it's what I need to do so that I can do the work that I do and do this radio show and everything else that I do. Discovering surfing truly didn't just change my life. It made my life meaningful. It's the gift I give myself for working so hard. And it's really hard to explain, you know, is it a metaphor for life? Golf is a metaphor for life because of how unfair life can be. When I was a kid and learned that there was a guy named Prince Charles who got a castle and a princess and everything else, and I'm growing up in Far Rockaway, I realized, how come he got to be Prince Charles and I got to be Robbie Clapper in Far Rockaway? That's when you realize life may not be so fair. So golf, there's the score in golf is you get the same number for a 300-yard drive as you do making a two-inch putt. How could that be worth the same on your scorecard? That's not fair. That's life. Well, surfing for me is the same way. 
Every wave is different. Every wave is a snowflake. No two are the same. The nose of the board is your future. The tail of the board is your past. But the surfer stands in the middle and learns to live in the moment. I drive up in the morning to get into the parking lot before the sun comes up. I have no idea, despite the computer trying to tell you what predictions will be for the conditions. It's rarely correct, but it doesn't matter to me because I'm from a different generation before there were computers telling me what the conditions would be. When I drive up and park my truck, I'm going to go in the ocean. Whatever the wave, size, wind, tide, whatever it is, I'm going in. Because the ocean is not calling me up and asking me, what kind of waves would you like today? No, my happiness depends on me wanting to take whatever the ocean is that day and have happiness with it. And that's what life is. No one's listening to you. You want to be happy? You got to enjoy what it is that you've been given. And I learn that every time I drive up and park my truck and take my surfboard out. So it really is so important to me in my life to teach me patience, to teach me happiness and all the principles that you need to get through your journey in life. Well, last Sunday, I was surfing with my dear friend, Ed, and the two of us were out and it was a good day. The waves were about the height of my shoulder. Occasionally one would come in that's as tall as my head, which was awesome. We start surfing what they call dawn, first light. The sun really hasn't even come up yet, but I can see just fine. And we sit on the boards and we look at the horizon. You talk about meditation. You know what it's like to just sit there bobbing up and down on the board, looking at the horizon? There's nothing. It's infinity. I'm looking off the end of the globe. You talk about talking about a sphere today and shaving your head. The planet Earth is a giant sphere. It's a giant shaved head. And when I look at the horizon, it just keeps going, right? You try to imagine the wave that is going to come out of nothingness. You try to imagine the wave that is going to come out of nothingness. The energy flowing through the water that will jack up a two-story apartment building in front of you and then magically disappear. The energy in the water. Well, the big one came. And again, I love surfing with my friend. So he goes left, I go right. Or we both go in the same direction. And we get on this big wave. And you just feel that energy allowing you to glide down the face of the wave. It was great. I was so happy for him because I watched him on the wave and he got to watch me. I may be 63 years old July 24th, but I feel like a 16-year-old kid when I have that kind of a wave experience. It was awesome. We rode the wave probably 50 yards, kicked out, and now what do you got to do? You got to get on your board and paddle back into the crashing waves, which I've done, it seems like a million times before in my life. And Ed is a really good surfer. So I'm paddling, social distance, six feet from him. But essentially, we're penetrating the breaking wave one at a time, each other. And in order for me to get through the wave, my hands have to be in the ocean, paddling. My hands are not on top of my board. They're in the water as I'm paddling through the crashing waves. No big deal. Then all of a sudden, we're breaking through this wave that already broke, a big one. I'm about six feet away from him. My hands are in the ocean. And I realize he's lost control of his board. It's slipped out of his hands. 
It slipped off his belly. My hands are in the water. This 11-foot, 40-pound missile now smacks me straight in the head. Didn't hit my eye, didn't break my nose, but truly right over my left temple. What I didn't realize in the process, it also knocked the front off of my surfboard, which I'm going to get into in a second. My surfboard is currently in the surfboard hospital, better known as Mint Ding Repair. And I'm going to have these folks on as a guest probably in August. But my surfboard has been fixed because there was a giant removal of the nose of the tip of my surfboard crushed by his board. So thank God it probably did that because it decreased some of the force, but it did come full effect right into my skull. And what are you going to do? All I knew is I still was awake, thank God. But I'm paddling and I realized I can't stop that now because more waves are coming. And by the way, he felt terrible. And accidents happen. I, you know, it's, it's just, you're going to be in the ocean. These things can happen. But I sat, you know, I didn't sit there. I kept paddling going, all right, am I going to black out right now? What exactly is going to happen? I feel a little woozy, but I can't just stop. So I kept paddling. And the more I paddled through the additional waves, I felt fine. I thought, but I was a little woozy. Woozy enough to say, hmm, maybe I'll catch some more waves. So I caught two more waves and rode them in. But at that, after that second wave, I realized, you know what? Don't be an idiot. Something probably did happen, and you got away with surfing two more waves. You better enjoy that. And I came in and walked back up the beach into my truck, and that's when I realized the front of my surfboard had been knocked off. Um, so it got fixed. It should be ready. It is ready, actually, I think, today. So I hope to use it again tomorrow. But it was close. You almost didn't have uh, the host of the Weekend Warriors show for this uh, Saturday morning. <laughs> but it ain't going to stop me from surfing. Not that. And I don't, I mean, I would say it was a mild woozy, wooziness, but nothing significant. The number is 877-710-ESPN. And you're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show, presented by Cedar Sinai. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. You're not gonna leave me alone, are you? Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. The Grand Poobah, the Big Kahuna. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. That's Tito Puente. He wrote Oye Como Va, 1962. It wasn't until Carlos Santana in 1970 adopted it, took out the horn section, and Tito Puente was not happy, he said, when that occurred. He said, until he got his first royalty check. Then he wasn't unhappy anymore. And back to the surfing story. Let me just say, that man that I surf with, where the board went flying and hit me in the head, is a very special guy to me. I don't have a brother, but he is the equivalent of my brother. And I appreciate our friendship more than you can imagine. And he can have 10 surfboards hit me in the head. I would never feel anything other than respect and admiration for him. So, to Ed, I say, umi ihi bang paciente mo. Which, if you speak Tagalog, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Anyway, coming up. Next week, our guest, 
is a cardiologist, Dr. Rico Simonini. He's worked at Cedars a long time. He's a great cardiologist. But he has a whole second life as an actor. What I find most fascinating about Dr. Rico Simonini, which is why he's going to be our guest next week, is he's fully admitting that his dad ran with the gangsters, knew all the wise guys. And how how is it that you grow up an Italian-American knowing in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, that your dad does that? Well, it's no different than any other family, except if your dad is Don Corleone or Tony Soprano, the son became a cardiologist and an actor. What a fascinating journey in life he's had, and I really cannot wait till next week. And I can't wait to start to think about the sound bites in art, in sports, in surgery, of having the wise guy in the family. It's going to be great. Can't wait to do that. This week, I also visited her friend's house, social distancing, where in the valley, in Northridge, their house used to be part of a massive orange orchard. And when they bought their house 30 years ago, they made room for the house, but they left a, a lot of the original orange trees that made up that orchard. They hired an expert, a tree expert, an arborist, who calculated, because they know trees, that the trees that they kept are over 100 years old. These trees create, talk about a sphere, talk about shaving your head. They create orange spheres, the sweetest juice I've ever had in my life. And I'm lucky to get bags of it from him and her, good friends of ours. But I just still could not get out of my head that this is the fruit of a tree that's over a 100 years old. And before I left the get-together with social distancing and masks and all the rest of it, I really stopped at the tree and I looked at it and I touched it. I touched something that's over a 100 years old that's still alive. And I'm saying to myself, if that tree could talk, what would it say? What has it seen in over a 100 years? The innovation, the changes... But one thing hasn't changed is that tree is still making oranges like it did a hundred years ago. But when you eat the fruit of a tree that's a hundred years old, it's, it's antiquity. It's amazing. There's something special about it. Now that I especially have taken up gardening during this pandemic, I go out every day to look at the tomatoes that I'm growing. Yeah, I planted that tomato a few months ago and I'm going to eat the fruit of that tomato. It's in a matter of months and they're going to be delicious tomatoes because they're homegrown. But when you eat the fruit of something that's a hundred years old, that's special. Taking care of patients. Two weeks ago, I did a knee replacement on a man who's over 90 years old. I'm working on cartilage and bone that's over 90 years old. Are you kidding me? Again, I say to myself, if his cartilage could talk, the football he played when he was in high school in the 1940s or 30s or whenever it was, all that this knee has been through, there's so much to be said for anything in life that has age attached to it. Really special. I can't wait to talk to Dr. Simonini about that from a cardiology standpoint. The patients that I see, this 90-year-old man, he runs around like he is 40. Carl Reiner lived to be 98, died this week. He lived a life like a 40-year-old till the day he died. He was still on Twitter. He tweeted the day before he died. Special longevity. There's really something to be said for that. And when I surf, I, I understand there are new boards, new shapes, shorter boards, three fins, four fins, all kinds of cool things you can do. Not me. I love surfing on a board that's 10 and a half feet long 
and has one fin because it's the soulfulness of the sport that I'm after. I'm not looking to shred the wave into pieces. I'm looking to feel the energy as best as I can with a single fin and a long board like Duke Hanamoku. When I sculpt in marble, I'm doing something that's been done by man for thousands of years since he's been here. Cracking the rock, busting open the rock, destroying something in order to create something. That's what sculpting is to me, why it's so special. In painting, in drawing, blank canvas, you add to it. Clay, you don't like the ear, you put another one on. Not stone carving. It's subtractive. And just like surgery, you can't make a mistake. You take too much stone off, you can't put the nose back on. So it teaches you patience. It teaches you so many things. And I think that's the fun part is when your hobbies very much mimic what it is that you do in life. Vin Scully would go to those baseball games whether he was announcing them or not. And I think that's the way you want to live your life. Until next week, I'm going to leave you with Volare, which means I'm singing and I'm flying. Next week, we'll be singing and flying in Italian because we'll be talking to an Italian-American. Have a good July 4th, and I'll see you on the radio. Come.